1: Around the world she fills huge stadiums, arenas, and concert halls, bigger than the Radio City Music Hall and Carnegie Hall, but in North America she is still a mystery to be discovered but you're gonna discover her today. Her online platform of music, sensual, healing videos, courses, and events are impacting women everywhere, freeing them from emotional trauma, self doubt, anxiety, limitations, self reincarnation, and much much more. Using her form of singing? She produces the sound pill. Stay tuned and don't go away so you can experience her firsthand and learn more on the Transform You Live Show. Hey, welcome to the Transform You Live Show. If you have already begun your personal transformation journey or you want to start one, this is the place to do it, where we share stories, books, and much more valuable
2: information
1: to help you along your step forward.
2: Let's tune in now. I'm an Australian woman, but... Interestingly enough, I'm an Australian woman who lives in Russia and uh, I'm 52 years old. I am a singer. I'm the composer of my music. And if I were to name the genre or the style of the music, uh, it's really difficult to name. So I simply call it the most feminine music on the planet. It's really sensual mm-hmm. and uh, it's been made to help people wake up. As especially women, um, to bring them into their love, into their body, to help them to dance. It's for men and women when they want to make love. It's for women when they want to bring babies. Uh, it's um, it's grown out of originally a career that began uh, as a young woman uh, from the age of 18. And I was originally trained in the conservatorium as a jazz musician. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I really, really went in a completely different direction in my early to mid-twenties. And that's a whole other story. But the result mm-hmm. of it was that I transformed from being a jazz singer to being a composer of a whole new culture of music that reflected what was slowly, slowly evolving, and I would say now is starting to fruit on the planet. And that is music for people to help them wake up. So not only is the music for listening, for dancing to, but it's also been created for practice, for meditation practice, for healing, uh, for healing, for um, emotional cleansing practices, um, for dance practice and uh something that uh, eventually happened for me about 5 years ago was not just the composition of music for um you know for listening for concerts etc but a new or you could say almost like an ancient voice uh woke up in me that i had seen in my early 20s but it came to fruition in my late 40s and um that voice uh has the capacity to work in a very very special way i can sing about three or four different frequencies with my voice in one, yeah. with just one voice so my voice splits into overtones above below etc and so I married this world of art, you know, of the composer, of the performing artist, of the dancer, with the world of practice. So I've created, um, on the other side of the world, from you in Russia, Europe, concerts where I'm marrying the art with meditation. So I'll have 6,000 people, for example, where I'm giving them a specific practice, like to open up their heart or to open up their third eye, the pineal gland, and at the same time, I'm also singing uh, these overtones with, with this special voice, so people go into very, very deep states of consciousness mm-hmm. um, in a big, big space together. And at the same time with this project, it's a multimedia project. So I think we probably we're probably one of the first to do this, but we created um, a visual uh, depiction of what the aura is doing as somebody is singing so I'm projected onto a massive screen at the same time my aura is projected onto a massive screen wow. and, and then there's nature images woven in of immense beauty and so people can actually see when I'm singing how the aura is moving on an enormous um, screen and then they have surround sound so the sound is going right into the body so people go through a lot of healing they go through a lot of realizations and mostly I would say the biggest gift that I, I bring to people or people constantly reflect is that this reconnection to their body uh, to the earth mother and often to the cosmos to this inner cosmos they experience a very deep states of uh, this meditation understandings about their life And uh, so it's very, very beautiful, the live work that I do. And then I have a whole nother world, which is a platform, um, paraquire.com, and it is an online course platform. Most of the courses for women, but not all. And those courses have been designed um, from my years and years of experience, delving into my own healing path, creating new practices that involve voice, breath, dance, uh, emotional cleansing, on all kinds of levels, there's about 15 courses online. So people from around the world will go online and uh, do courses with me to go through that realization process or particular healing that, that they need or they might first babies through the Birkin <laughs> course or learn about opening up their orgasmic body, kind of, you know, it's women's world essentially.
1: I love it. You know, this is really powerful and it sounds like you are a transforming worlds and as you have transformed your own self, you have done some massive work on yourself and you have overcome some, some different um, traumas in your life. Um, you know, they say, um, those who are able to heal, you know, have, um, have done some incredible healing work themselves. Um, you know, you might share, you know, a little bit of your, of the touch of your story, you know, the past the trauma that, you know, um, that that you were able to get over and and, and manage to heal, and how did you manage to go through that?
2: Sure. I mean, I was actually, I came into the body with a family that had a genetic condition that was passed down the line to all the women. So my mother gave me the gift that her grandmother gave to her, and that was twisted uh, legs. So the hips roll in, the knees roll in, the feet roll in, and progressively through life, this condition gets worse and worse until you're almost like in an arthritic cripple kind of condition. But it kicks in very young. So when I was a young girl, my feet really start to turn in. And when I ran, I ran like a duck. When I walked, I walked like a duck, you know. And I was teased a lot as a child because uh, children just couldn't understand. Like, was I trying to be sexy when I walked? So I got a lot of teasing, yeah. you know, as you can imagine. And um because uh, my mother went through a lot of stress when I was a baby, uh, she didn't understand my condition, even though she knew about it with another family member who went through it younger. And uh, so she missed this small window that we have as a baby when the bones are soft to be able to reorient structure. And so finally, when I was 11 years old, and the reason why she used it was because um, it's fair. Co- it's a fair call that she used it because my father drowned mysteriously when I was three years old, and I was the fourth of um, of the children. I was the fourth child, so you know the focus was definitely not at that stage on the fourth child. So they missed this condition. And the doctors, when they saw it, they said, we can't help you until your next growth window, which is just when you're 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And so when I finally came to that that stage, it's a pretty horrific surgery. What they would do was dislocate the femurs from the hips, roll them out, and then plaster you for six months on both legs at a time. And I was terrified of this potential. <laughs> but just before my 11th birthday, they said, you know... We we want to experiment with a new approach to this condition. Are you interested in that? And I said, what does it mean? And they said, it means that we'll cut the femur, the bone between the hip and the knee on both legs. We'll cut them straight through. We'll roll the bottom part from above the knee all the way down. We'll twist them outwards inside. And then we'll pin them with metal rods regrow the bones so instead of your legs turning inwards they'll be mm-hmm. straight and uh, so of course you know, this was a much shorter procedure it was like three or yeah. four months well, the other was like a year process so I said okay let's try I was desperate to try <laughs> that mm-hmm. and so they did it and uh, so I was in plaster casts from the hips down and it was a pretty rough surgery and the result of it was that I would say it was very unsuccessful, okay. but it was um, incredibly powerful teacher for me because I was very alone through the journey, and that's a whole other story why my mother couldn't be there. But um, they put me in a centre for disabled kids, a rehabilitation centre, because I couldn't walk and I was too heavy to carry with these plaster casts. I was in a wheelchair, well, um, and in Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I I spent these months in this rehabilitation centre and all these kids were disabled. Like They would never walk again. Some of them drooled, some of them had mental conditions, but most of them had physical conditions. And they kind of looked at me with despise because I was a rehabilitation case, which meant that once I got my cast off, theoretically, I was going to walk again.
1: Okay.
2: And... I went through this incredible realization of the most simple thing that when we have a body that works and we can walk, we have such an incredible possibility to live a life that we want to live. But for these kids, imagine, their parents had put them in there because they didn't know how to cope with it and they would spend all their childhood in this rehabilitation centre and then eventually go out into the world and wheelchairs. And I understood that I would be a walking, normal human being. And that that realisation made me understand that there was no amount of pain that I could go through that I couldn't get through. I just had to be brave. And if I was brave, then I would be able to live the life that I wanted to live, you know. And it was just one of those lessons that turned me from being a child to the realization of what it is to be a grown-up and the value of life itself. So that was a massive change. The surgery was successful in the sense that my legs were straight, but by the time I was 18, I was in a constant state of chronic sciatica. I was limping. I felt like an 80-year-old woman <laughs> at the stage of my life. And uh, it was very, very painful to, to live with it. And um, so, so, you know, there were some of my early journeys with my legs. And I somehow managed to bring it to enough of the state of balance Later in my life, that even though on a daily level I have a lot of um, the pain can be you know up or down depending on what I'm doing. But actually, I learned to use the pain as a doorway to realize my body has a source of life. right And that source of life is not broken. It's not a, a failed operation, it is the flow of life. And that if I tune myself and allow my body to open to this flow of life daily, then that power that is much greater than even my personal body will nourish me. And, and that's what led me very early on to be looking into meditation, healing, radi- mm. all those things I was exploring when I was 15, 16, 17, 18. Oh, my. And um, my mother thought I was totally crazy, by the way. (laughs) 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 I turned vegetarian, I think, in 1985. Like, there were not a lot of vegetarians back then. (laughs) No. (laughs) And uh, so everyone in my family really didn't understand at all. But this pain definitely was one of those keys for me to... Keep myself strong and keep myself looking, looking, looking to the source for truth, to the source of love, to the source of life. And I would say that is, is what I, I realized, you know, how to access that and how to bring that, uh, beauty, that life force, just like a, you know, a tree sucks it up from the earth and, you know. It, it's beautiful. It's naturally itself, you know. And we all draw nourishment from it. You know, that's what I feel my body became. So I became like that walking tree that is able to nourish myself. And then eventually, as I integrated that understanding, be able to nourish um, other people because I realized being the singer that I am, the frequency, the healthy frequencies of life. And that's what my life became devoted to to right. that doorway of pain was finding out what is truly healing music. What is this voice truly capable of?
1: Wow, you know, that you know, the flow of the flow of music and just the flow and the frequency, you know, I get I get you know so many key words uh, you know that I'm hearing are uh, that 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 you got from your own self-discovery, and 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 now you are teaching it to others as a wisdom teacher and as a shaman. You know, you you put, you putting, you know, you healing others. You're so like, let's let's jump into that. You know, because like you know, you made this jump into the unknown, and 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 it took it took bravery. You know, it takes bravery, and, and bravery is a huge part of you know what you have used to, to understand the whole adult journey, uh, which is, you know, a part of the, you know, once you become an adult, you know, you, you need a lot of bravery to, to deal with, like, uh, some of the, some of the pressures, some of the, some of the things that comes your way, and, you know, you have to mm-hmm. stand, stand up and courage. You know. And, and, that's that's the, and, you know, and, and for, uh, for you, you know, uh, so you know your teaching, me, you, know, you know, like um, just your teachings. You know, I, I know that um, you, um, you you had a uh, an Native American uh, medicine man that you know you became became the wife of, and um, and how did that come come about? And um, and maybe tell us a little bit about that because that, you know. Things things like that are pivotal, you know, to uh to, to shaping us and shaping, you know, um shaping how we begin to um, put our practices into, you know, what we do.
2: Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um I had to be very brave just before my eighteenth birthday because my auntie said to me, Oh, You know, you're not going to be what you think you are in your life. You're not, which I thought I was going to be a psychologist, by the way. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) my mother really pushed me hard in that direction. She certainly did not want me to be a musician because my grandparents were musicians, and her parents were musicians. And she thought, oh, my God, I never want that for my daughter. She'll never be a musician, you know. So my first, you know, lesson of bravery, in a sense, for standing for myself was to say actually there's an enormous passion here and even though I had pushed it down for those up until that point, up until I was 17, I had to um, move away from my mother's field of influence uh, which is what I did and uh, I was given a vision at that time in my life. and. Uh, a friend who I moved in with, which well, wasn't a friend when I moved into her house, but she became a friend. She <laughs> said to me, you know, what would you do with your life if you had no obstacles, you know? And what if you could sing? Because she recognized I could sing and I wasn't training in singing. That <laughs> so she said, what would you do with your life? I said, who would you sing for? Like, what would it look like? And I wrote down this vision and I was 17 turning 18 and I said, You know, if I could sing, I would sing for healing for people. Not just to entertain them, not just kind of emotional songs, but I would sing for healing, like to really help people in many, many different levels, emotionally, physically, etc. And uh, when I was 18, my mother's sister said to me, you know, you definitely won't be a psychologist, you're going to be a singer. And you're going to be a jazz singer, and you're going to go to conservatorium. And this seems like like the most crazy vision that someone could have for me at this stage in my life because I didn't have the training for it. How do you get into a conservatorium with no musical training, right? Talk about having to be brave. I said. My whole body just switched on when my auntie gave me this vision. She said, "You're going to be a great jazz singer. You're going to go to the conservatory. you are even going to go to America," she said to me, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the next year, I spent training with a private teacher. I did wait to sing at night, and I sang and I sang and I sang and I sang. I got into the conservatory the next year. Total miracle, like I shouldn't have gotten in. There were much more talented people, I think, or much more dedicated people in terms of their history of musical training. So this was my opening into music, where I was accepted to conservatorium. I went through the jazz training. But after some years of this, so I was about five or six years in, and I'm 23 years old, right? And I've finished my training, and I've gone to the biggest city in Australia, which is Sydney. I mm-hmm. hit the jazz and I'm like, I'm here, you know. I want to be the best. And of course, I got slammed into the pavement because I was nobody in that big city. And mm-hmm. uh, I kind of had to really claw my way up. And being a woman's not easy too, because we get a lot of sexual interest from other positions. But I got through that journey. And after I was a few years into it, I suddenly realized I was not fulfilling that vision.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that, that I was lost, you know, trying to be this kind of sexy jazz singer in a big city. I felt very lonely, even though success was all over me. I felt very, very lonely and um, very up and down, like very reactive after my concerts. I'd be like high and then low and almost feeling like, like I was losing it, you know, almost suicidal. And then one day, I had a very deep experience in one of those post-concert moments where I felt very low. And I went through this, um, I was looking for an answer. And for me, one of the places in nature that really resonates with me is the ocean. It's Mm. like a voice, you know, of pure, pure power. And I had grown up by the ocean. Ocean had taken my father. The ocean is just a constant companion in a positive way, in a negative way, but just always there for me, you know. And I stood on the edge of a cliff and I said, I called to Mother and I said, Mother, please help me. I'm so lost in the city. Wow. I'm supposed to be successful, but I feel so lost. Please guide me. And then these winds were singing all around me. The waves were crashing below. And I, I started to feel as though it was enveloping me, so being a singer, of course. And, mm-hmm. and I, for the first time, I sang, not as a musician, but I sang totally intuitively following the melody of the wind. You know, Ooh, these kind of um, sounds. And it took me so deeply inside. I think two hours passed. But when I came out of this fate of connection, I realized that I suddenly felt better, like everything suddenly made sense. So I went yeah. back to this place on the edge of the mountain for uh, two weeks, every day, every day, every single And then I had a realization that the very source of music was what I was looking for. Wow. This was more than a style, more than a genre, more than being you know, technically brilliant, even more than being adored. But I was looking for that source of music. Where did it come from? You know. And uh, after these two weeks on the edge of this cliff, daily, daily, I I fell into this um, feeling as though the body dissolved into the earth, and and this energy rose through me, like through every cell, a dissolved feeling, and I. I was flooded with these waves of enormous love. Enormous love. And I felt this presence, this feminine presence, which was huge, like so vast. And I suddenly understood that every vibration that we hear, that we make, is her. Is the Mm -hmm. vibration of her the great feminine principle that expresses through our Mother Earth. And I realized that no matter whether we're good, we're bad, whether we're happy, we're sad, she's pouring this vibration through all of life, you know. And I said to her, Wow, I feel totally here. And this is where the biggest love is. And if I can help other people to realize that this is where the source of life is. This is, it's inside and inside this connection through the body to the earth. And that she's constantly sending this frequency of life everywhere through this planet. And I said to her, if there's any way I can sing for you to or to help other people understand this great um, principle that you are of life, this great energy source, I'm yours. Like, just... Thing but I had no idea how to do that, you know, <laughs> at that stage, <case. laughs> yeah. still a guy you know. Well, within two weeks, my crazy auntie, she rang me and she said, there's a Native American um, Indian medicine man coming to uh, the city. Mm-hmm. And she said, you need to go and see him. So this is the same auntie that's giving me the vision. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy auntie. I said, okay, auntie, I'll, I'll go and see him. So, I went to this huge festival. It was like a spiritual, new age festival. So, this is like 1993, I think. And there was this sound as like I came into this huge conference hall. And there was the sound of this voice. Lord, oh, Lord. And I just followed the sound. And there was mm. this native he was standing on the stage and he was in full regalia, you know, leather and bones and feathers and, and my whole body was just like electrified. And so after he finished, I went to him and I said, I want to understand more about your people's way of singing, chanting, you know, and, uh, and he looked at me up and down. I was very sexually dressed, I have to say, at the time. <laughs> so I felt a little uncomfortable by that. And yeah. uh, he said, little lady, why don't you come on stage with me and sing tomorrow? And I said, but you don't know if I can sing. And he said, then sing for me. So I sang for him a new song that I had just created on the side of this uh, cliff by the ocean.
1: Mm-hmm
2: and uh, he said you're definitely coming to soon and so the next day i went on a student stage with him totally blank i had no idea what i was going to sing but he had all these people just from the audience drumming on stage and the heartbeat started bum, 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 and, you know and so i to let go of my fear because i was trembling fear. this was not a stage i was familiar with i was singing mm-hmm. no jazz songs here you know and uh, I let this energy come up through me that I had experienced, you know, on the side of the cliff by the ocean. And next this voice came through me just and sang for like, I don't know, five, ten minutes, just let... It was nothing like I had sung, certainly on the jazz stage. And at the end of it, there was a sea of people just watching, yelling, like clapping. and this Native American man, he just came and grabbed me. He was like a big... Fat man with a big bear. He grabbed me and he said, little lady, I've been waiting for you. There are many roads to travel, many people to meet. And that's how we met. Um, (laughs) and, uh, it was very challenging meeting this man because I was quite conscious, even though I was quite young. And I was aware of what a man looked like who carried power. And I was really Mm -hmm. aware that this man had a lot of women around him. So I was, you know, very cautious. And and I went on a first date with him or a meeting with him. And he said to me on that first uh, meeting, he said, he first of all he gifted me a lot of things which Native people do, drums and rattles and books. And it was just incredible, you know, showering me gifts. And then he said, would you marry me? And I said, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm 23. I have my whole career in front of me. He said, okay, all right. You won't marry me. I said, no way. And he said, okay, well, will you have my baby? <laughs> I was just like, children were so far off my radar at that stage in my life. I said, absolutely no way. I would probably have kids when I'm 40, you know? And and then he said, well, I'm glad we got that out of the way. He said, but you will be my wife, and you will have my baby.
0: And at
2: that stage, I should have run, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't, because this man carried this phenomenal uh, connection to the voice and to some kind of mystery that was bigger than the mystery in my own life. And uh I knew that he had the answer to the question that I had asked, you know, that feminine spirit, like, how do I sing? How do I sing like this? I knew this man had the answer. So I was kind of trapped in his web because yeah. I knew that he was the one. And at the same time, it was like my whole body was in a state of, I know you, I've always known you, you know? Have you ever met someone like that before where you meet them and you go, I know, I know you, I know everything about you? Yes, I have met someone like that before. Indeed. Mm-hmm. It's an incredible awesome. feeling.
1: Yeah, awesome.
2: it, it's really, it's scary because time stops and you just, you're not prepared for something like that because it's something beyond your normal shopping list or what your mind says at once or, you know. And so for me, it just blew my reality. Totally. I resisted for a couple of months, but eventually I went over to New Mexico and uh, I lived with him. The upshot of the story is that I lived with him for 11 years. And, of course, I did end up having his child. (laughs) But, But mostly, and by the way, the next comment was after that was, Oh, and I'm gonna have six other wives and I already have two or three at home. And um that's why I was saying this is crazy and I should've run. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I didn't. (laughs) And uh so a whole world over those years uh opened up and my healing process went deeper and deeper, my connection to being able to hear something beyond the normal, you know, like to being able to pull This sound and this chant and these understandings from another place inside. We could say it was out of the earth. We could say it was from the universe. But this connection to a lot of ceremony and being uh, in the sweat lodge ceremony. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but uh, it's a healing ceremony where it's uh, like a black. uh, Yeah. Keep you creative, yeah. So I went to a lot of ceremonies and things over those years and eventually I became the teacher of all that I, I learnt there but after about 12 years, I, after 11 years I left you because I understood that I had a bigger pathway to follow and I really need to let go of all the native um, medicine and ceremonies that I had done because of something people again calling me so that's how he came into my life and that's how this whole new understanding and approach to the music was born so I think in those 11 years I think mean, I recorded about two new CDs and it was totally different music to anything I'd ever created uh, before and I started touring uh, Europe, America, uh, Australia and New Zealand uh, in those years, some with him some solo, you know I like this.
1: Wow. that that is definitely beautiful and that, that really, you know, gives us a truly understanding of, you know, how you you know, um you know, really, you know, arrive to where you are now and it's a really remarkable story and the one who makes the gods come down from heaven to help people. <laughs> yeah, uh one quote that was written by uh you, you know so like, you know, as we like, you know, um arrive to you know, in time, um, where we are um, as far as wrapping up here yeah I like, um, we wanna give you opportunity though to like maybe even just maybe share something that maybe we don't know uh you know maybe maybe some wisdom or uh or, or anything that's that's on your mind.
2: <laughs> okay. Um I think, you know, where my work has has brought me to now is uh, it's very interesting because when I first was creating you know the music uh, and then eventually the evolution of that over the last um, twenty maybe twenty eight years you know it's been incredible to see that when I began you know this work, the consciousness was a lot younger, and people were not really ready yet for what I had to share but As the pressure on the planet has increased, and then with dramatic things like COVID coming in, um, with more and more uh, corruption, more and more viral uh, internet activity, you know, more pressure on humanity, it's been really phenomenal to see how we are waking up. May not be the masses, but the minority is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And people are becoming, uh, more and more devoted to knowing the truth of who they are. And that makes my work a lot easier because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to explain something to people that seems so crazy. It's just like, yes, it's obvious now. We have to return to the body, we can't live in a um, in a fake reality of you know TV or of um, the internet or um, some ideal dream of materialism. You know that without that connection to love and to really loving your body and loving the source, you know that flow of life. Without this connection to life itself. The planet is in, is in really uh, a lot of chaos. And everybody that is doing practice to return themselves, and it's a daily, I would say it's a daily process,
1: Absolutely. because the
2: practice of the world is so strong, that it's a daily practice to bring yourself into the body through breath, through meditation, some people do yoga, etc. And that's why I created this whole, uh, Feminine meditation world and the way to transform um, A lot of the trauma and grief that we carry in the body so that we can actually deeply Sensitively and intuitively feel the body awake feel it alive Um, So for me the the terrible things that have happened have actually really served to wake up humanity I remember when COVID happened and uh my reaction, you know, as being somebody who does, brings new practices and music, uh, soundtracks to heal people, you know, my reaction was to create a free online course to bring people out of that stress, that fear, that anxiety and back into harmony. And I can do that in about 15 minutes wow. where the person goes into practice, comes into their body, I'm guiding them in, and then they hear this super cosmic soundtrack, which is my voice, you know, in layers. And And thousands and thousands of people were downloading this course and getting incredible turnarounds immediately out of the the soup, you know, that was being pressed on the human condition to realize, you know, wow, this is me, it's okay. You know, yes, there's a sickness around, but this is me, this is who I am, this is my love, this is my life, you know. Mm -hmm. So that course is still on the website for free, actually, and that, that one is available for men and for women. Um, but, you know, people, especially women, will find that there's a whole world of courses there to serve them, to really give them amazing practices, to make them feel very juicy, very beautiful, mm-hmm. and to feel this source of love inside. Yeah, so that's, that's very much what I've got to offer your um, audience. And, of course, the music. You know, there's ten music CDs on that site on com. So okay. there's music for everything. You know, there's women's marches, there's music for making love, there's music for birthing babies, uh, there's chill out, there's, there's all kinds of, uh, of, uh, CDs there for, for your audience. So they can look around on com and, and, um, look into a, into a world maybe they've not seen or but they know inside themselves that maybe hasn't been married exactly this way to so a woman who's realized, you know, who she is and has translated that through frequency and art and practice.
1: Outstanding. Well, well thank you so much, Peraquil. Uh, um, and I got, I got that correct, right? Yeah. Well nice. done. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, so, uh, um, ladies and gentlemen, you know, boys and girls, we, we just talked with Periquel, uh, pla- her online platform, of music, sensual healing videos, courses and events impacting women, uh, some stuff from men too, as well, mm-hmm. on, on the platform. You know, you get free from emotional trauma, self-doubt, anxiety, limitations, uh, self uh, recrimination and much, much more. You can use her, form of singing, uh, to, you get the help, you know, she has the sound pill for you. Uh, she has helped many people deal with stress and anxiety uh, during the pandemic. Uh, she's still doing it. Has a very unique and beautiful gift uh, that mm-hmm. has a vast effect on human condition uh, for people. So, you know, uh, it, it's been a pleasure. I hope to have you on again. You know, uh, we just we just touching and scratching the surface. <laughs> you know, there, there's so much more to you. You know, like uh, you, know, you, you like an onion, and, you know, and your work is you know, remarkable. Uh, as well as the music, so I, I can't wait to get get more of it myself, and I'm and, uh, more of it. And uh, I, I know I can use a lot of a lot of it for my own own um, continuing to healing the healing journey. Uh, so 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 thank you, uh, we
2: mm-hmm. Thank you, Marcus. Yeah, if you even if you work with the stress and anxiety, it'll really distract is really will help your body to find the the balance in its own healing process you're going through now yourself. So. Yeah. Uh, but it's really a great pleasure to, to meet you, to meet your audience, and uh, thank you for your loving support. Yes. Namaste. Namaste. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, ladies and
1: gentlemen, until next time, any blessings, peace, and lots of love. We are done for the day.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.